March is here, and it would be madness to miss the awesome, cozy winter weekend special at the Boardwalk Plaza Hotel in Rehoboth Beach. Enjoy a two-night stay, room service dessert, and more. Experience the serenity of the winter ocean from the warmth of your oceanfront suite. You don't have to go far away to get away from it all. Visit BoardwalkPlaza.com and book your winter getaway today. And let's not forget amazing dining at Victoria's Restaurant. Open for breakfast, lunch, and dinner seven days a week, all year long. Reservations are not necessary, but always welcome. Call 800-33-BEACH or reserve at opentable.com. Thanks to the Boardwalk Plaza for being the Bridge Podcast Network sponsor. Christmas is celebrated by way more than just Christians, but why specifically? Why do Christians celebrate Christmas? You found the right podcast. I'm Mark Dickey. And I'm Burt Miller. This is the Why Do Christians podcast. Hey, welcome to the show. My name is Mark Dickey. I host the afternoon show on the Bridge radio station, which if you're ever interested in listening to that, check out wearethebridge.org. You can listen to the live stream. I'm on three to seven on weekdays, Eastern time. My co-host is Pastor Bert Miller at Solid Ground Church. Bert, how are you doing today? Mark the Herald Angels Sing. (laughs) Dickey, I'm doing awesome. That's the best one. (laughs) Now they all have to rhyme. Oh, I can't promise that. I've had that in the chamber for months. Ready? To, I thought of that in July, and I was like, no, not yet. Not yet. We wait for Navidad. Mark the hill. Angel sing. That bravo. Thank you. Thank you. Thank a, you very much. A cooked goose to you, <laughs> Mr. Miller. A fine Christmas goose to you, sir. So uh, today we are talking about Christmas and why Christians celebrate it, which sounds, is oxymoron the right word? Spell out why, why you're saying that, and then maybe we'll, we'll figure out if it's like an oxymoron, because an oxymoron would be like two different things smashed together. Yeah, why do Christians, like jumbo shrimp is the default uh, Well, that would be an oxymoron. oxymoron. Yeah. But Christians so, and Christians, I'd say that maybe more just gratuitous than an oxymoron, like because you have Christ twice. Yeah. Yeah, it's really weird that it's a Christian holiday that much of the world celebrates whether they're Christian or not. Yeah, yeah. And that's pretty wild. Well, yeah, sure there's there's been so much imagery around it that may be Christian in origin but not necessarily Christian in modern practice. So is it Christian Actually, let's let's talk about that first. Go. Like there's a whole debate. You'll you see it every year if you've got those friends on Facebook who say, you know, no, it was a winter solstice celebration. You know, Christmas isn't actually about Jesus, uh, or, or is it? Like, did it was it always a Christian holiday? <laughs> um, that's a subject of debate. Okay. So, I mean, we, we get into why December twenty fifth. Um, the the popular sort of. Uh, reason people push back and say, you know, Christians adapted a pagan holiday um, is that around 274 AD, uh, the emperor of Rome established a thing called Sol Invictus, which was a, a celebration of uh, a sun god. Uh, and it was, uh, and then there's that. And they also had uh, what was called the Saturn, I'm going to butcher the name of this, the Saturn uh, Nalia Festival, which was in late December. And so people went, look, same time of year, what Christians did was they, took these things and then under the reign of emperor constantine who was the first uh christian emperor 
they adapted these festivals to make them Christian celebrations instead. Um, okay. and, and, and they'll make that argument from seeing places where you'll find church fathers saying, listen, don't burn down what used to be a pagan temple, just turn it into a church. The, the problem with saying it's that that's what they did, that it was a pagan thing that was turned into a Christian festival, is that we don't have anybody um, in Christian leadership or, or writing associating that as a Christian adaptation until about 1200 A.D., Wow. Yeah. So well after it's already been celebrated, um, you can find by the early 300s, um, church fathers referencing this December 25th feast, which would be Christmas, um, which is the Christ mass, right? Like it's, it's the, it's the celebration of, of the infant Christ, like the mass, the, the, uh, the communion, the, the church service. That's where we get the name Christmas from. Um, but like in the 300s, you've got, uh, Christian leaders saying that this is a thing that they do, but again, that's a but. But nowhere, nowhere before twelve hundred, do you have anybody saying, "Oh, Christians adapted this." Hmm. So there's not a lot of historical uh, evidence for that, other than hey, these things look like they happened at the same time of year. Okay, okay. So, I mean, I've heard so many different things about when Jesus was born. Yeah, and they and. I've heard he was born in the summertime. He was born at this time of year, that time of year, but why December 25th? Okay. So there, there are a few things with it. One, there was an ancient Hebrew belief. So just, just stay with me. Cause it's going to be, it's going to be a weird rabbit trail. That's it's history and tradition, not necessarily Bible. Huh. Okay. Cause the Bible doesn't put a date on when Jesus was born. Okay. okay. All right. So you can find uh, the belief that a person is con- or would, was conceived on the day that they died, um, which is a weird thing. But some people believe that that like okay, a person uh, is conceived like, and the day of the year that is is also the day that they die. Why I, I don't know, but I know that that was a thing that was believed every now and then. Um, so long about uh, one fifty five to two twenty eight, there, there was a church father named Tertullian, right, and. Uh, he said that Jesus died on the 14th day of Nisan, which is a month in the Hebrew slash Babylonian calendar, which is March 25th by our dates, oh. right? Okay. So um, you'll notice March 25th is nine months before December right. 25th. Okay. And so uh, that could be where that belief starts to come from is that Tertullian knowing, and I mean, he's close to the events of Jesus's life. It's possible that, you know, I mean, the the early church absolutely marked Easter and they marked the Passover. They celebrated that from the jump. Um, so it's possible that Tertullian is just relaying facts that they already knew. But it, it's pretty commonly accepted that, that that was probably the date that he died, March 25th. Now, you go forward a little bit in history, and uh, there's St. Augustine who uh, did wonders for articulating theology and, and a lot of stuff that, that we have clearly uh, expressed and conveyed a lot of it comes from the writings of Augustine, right? He lived um, in the early fifth century, um, and in between four hundred and four twenty-eight A.D., he wrote a work called *On the Trinity*. Okay, and in uh, his book *On the Trinity*, this is what he said about uh, the date that Jesus was born. And so it says, uh, "For he, talking about Jesus, is believed to have been conceived on the twenty-fifth of March, upon which day also he suffered." So there's that that circular of, "Hey, the person died when they." Like, hmm. like, okay. All right. So, upon which day he also suffered. So, the womb of the virgin in which he was conceived, where no one of mortals was begotten, corresponds to the new grave in which he was buried, wherein 
uh, was never man-laid, neither before him nor since. And so here's the line. But he was born, according to tradition, upon December 25th. And so <laughs> like all the way back in the, the 5th century, you've got uh, Augustine saying, all right, listen, Jesus was born December 25th. This is a thing that people have believed before him, like that uh, Tertullian gives the inference to. And so that's, that's where we get the December 25th date. Okay. So we've got the time of the year. Mm-hmm. Specific- the most wonderful time of the year. <laughs> so what is the significance of celebrating the birth of Jesus? Yeah. I mean, so <laughs> it's interesting, right? Like there, there's, I think it's going to depend on the person and the movement. Um, we know that Christians originally didn't celebrate it. Um, and we know that because, you know, <laughs> you can find earlier church fathers, like, like particularly uh, like Origen, right? Origen, at one point, um, when he's writing between like 238 to 244 AD, he actually mocks other religions for, for celebrating the births of their gods. He, can, <laughs> he, he considers that to be something overtly pagan. Um, Interesting. Yeah, so sometime between Origen and uh, Augustine, you find maybe a, a starting of movement that way. Um, but in terms of the why, I think a lot of it comes down to the, the celebration of God's arrival uh, in creation and the person of Christ, right? And so it's the beginning of God's redemptive work uh, in the person of Jesus. You know, you can think about um, you know, a popular uh, Christmas hymn that we sing now. I mean, it's 300 years old, but um, the the song, O Come All Ye Faithful, right? And, and the third, tr- traditionally, the, the, the third uh, verse of that song says, Word of the Father, now in flesh appearing. That, that's John 1.1, 1, 1, right? Mm. That's when the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, the Word was God. And what's it talking about? It's talking about God stepping into creation in the person of Christ and his redemptive work that Jesus's life did for you and for me. And so I think uh, many people, the, the reason it's celebrated is it's, hey, we're going to commemorate the life of Christ. And this is when that earthly, uh, you know, fully God, but also fully man, that's when the man part of him, that life began. Mm. <laughs> hey Mark, do you like commercials? I do. Don't we all? Wouldn't it be great if we had a sponsor for this podcast? Mark, nothing would make me happier. Well, you could sponsor this podcast by contacting us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. You could be a hot dog stand. A, a cheese grater company. You could sell furniture. Or Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> Contact us at podcast at wearethebridge.org. I, I think that's it. I think we got it. And I know this is, you know, elementary Christianity, but what is the significance of Christ's birth? Well, it's the beginning of his, his earthly um, life and ministry, right? Like, you you know, for instance, um, think about how, and, and to be clear, Two of the four Gospels don't have a birth narrative for Jesus, right? Um, the ones that do are Matthew and Luke. But think about how those stories begin. They begin with a presentation of the Gospel, right? Jesus' birth is a foreshadowing of his death and resurrection and who is invited into the kingdom through him. So you know, there's, a, there's a story, and, and we just accept it because we're used to hearing these stories at Christmas, right? But like, let me read this for you. For instance, this is Luke 2, um, starting verse 8. It says, And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. 
Verse 9, an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news. There's our, our Greek word, euangelion, gospel, okay? I bring you the gospel that will cause great joy for all people. Okay, and, and what is it? That today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. And this will be assigned to you. You will find a baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. And it says, suddenly a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God, saying, glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. And we're used to the, the Christmas stories. We're used to, oh, shepherds and wise men, right? Right. But Luke's original hearers would have been floored by that. And the reason they would have been floored by that is because shepherds were lowly. They had no prestige. They had no power. In fact, many people, they considered them untrustworthy because of the way they, they would have to move around a lot and be out in the fields. They were seen as unsavory, uh, crass, smelly. Hmm. And these are the people that the kingdom of God are in, is announced to, the arrival of the Messiah for the world. Why? Because, because Jesus says, listen, I've not come to call the righteous, but the sick, right? I haven't come to call, or the, I'm sorry, not the healthy, but the sick. I've, I've come to call sinners to repentance, right? And so even at the jump of the gospel, you've got the proclamation here in the Christmas story that God is going to reach out to reach and save sinners. Mm. And so like, I mean, you know, why do we celebrate? I mean, why do we celebrate uh, Maundy Thursday at the Last Supper? Or why do we celebrate different things? We do it because it's an incredible act of God. And so to, to pause and, and, you know, commemorate it, I think is good. But shouldn't this be something we celebrate all year long? Like, why? Why? What's the significance of picking a time of the year to do it? Right. Well, okay. So, yeah. I mean, I, I don't think anybody um, is going to, you know, if you're like, man, I'm so glad Jesus uh, came into the world. But you say that in August. I think it's going to be like, don't you dare say that. I mean, <laughs> like, I mean, like, if you put out your Christmas decorations in August, I'm going to make fun of you. But, <laughs> but the reason that like dates are are I don't want to say important because they don't make or break our faith. But the reason that I, I think they're good, like when we choose to designate a holiday, and by the way, holidays predate Christianity, right? Think about how um, the Old Testament Israelites are commanded to commemorate and observe the Passover, right? Hey, once a year, remember this thing that God did. And the significance of, of it is by picking that one date, it's a focal point of admiration, praise, and thanks. Like, yeah, you, you kind of always cognitively remember that Jesus has come into the world. But on that one day, you go like, this is a moment I want to deliberately stop and thank God for that. Mm. In the same way, you're like, we all, we all have birthdays, right? And, and we're thankful to be alive every day. And, you know, we have loved ones and we're thankful that they're here. But once a year, you stop and you give thanks and you're joyful about the fact that they've come into the world. I think, I think Christmas can, can function within that vein. I've always thought it was hard because culturally we have so many other things that we're doing on Christmas. You know, if you have kids, there's this expectation that we're going to, we're going to open presents yeah. on Christmas day. And, um, you know, we got to go to grandma and grandpa's afterwards, right. and, you know, and we've got to travel and right. some people go to two or three houses yeah, but you know, an open presence all day, and I've often thought, like, if it's just a, if it's just a made up day, why don't we? Why don't Christians just say, let's celebrate Christmas in February this year? Mm -hmm. Let's get away from all of the stuff that that we've, 
<laughs> coming back to the heart of worship. <laughs> I'm sorry, Lord, right. for the thing I've made. Right. And, you know, I get it. No, but you can do that with a lot of things. It's not just Christmas, right? Like, think about Thanksgiving, okay? So Thanksgiving, uh, at its root, is, hey, we are thankful, mm-hmm. you know, for this this harvest, for being alive, right? For surviving in the new world, for having food. Um, some people, what they could do is completely remove the God equation from that. I'm thankful. To who? I don't know. I'm, I'm thankful. Okay. Mm-hmm. Or, no, my Lord, my God, I give you thanks. All right. It's it's your application of it. Like a lot of these Christians, like Christmas tra- traditions that we have, um, can they function uh, in isolation from a recognition of the gospel? Yes, they can, and for many people, they do. Should they? No, because at their origin is gospel rooted stuff. So, for instance, like like you, you mentioned presents, right? Hey, you know, my kids want presents at, at Christmas, and we're going to travel to our relatives. Okay, you could take that as a man. It's just another thing that we do. Or you can take it as a reenactment of the the birth narratives of Christ. So, for instance, um, the history of presence, right? Like why that started. Well, we, we've got references. I mean, that, that really took off in the Middle Ages. But we know all the way back to the fourth century with people like Egeria uh, uh, and Aminus. I'm always forgetting. I'm blanking his name. Amin, A-M-M-I-A-N-S. Aminianus? Sure. Uh, Marcellianus that they talk about how the reason Christians give presents at Christmas is it's a reenacting of the wise men bringing presents to baby Christ, mm-hmm. right? And, okay, like, we're traveling. What is that? Well, that's, that's hey, we've come from land afar, right? Hmm. And so, so you, I mean, that, that, that's my assertion on that. I, I'm sure. saying in terms of, okay, what we do here, okay, like, could we just give presents? Sure. But... At least in the, the practice of presence, we have an opportunity to, to say to our families, our friends, hey, the reason we do this is because we're celebrating something much greater than ourselves. Like, you know, every year um, with, with my kids, like, hey, guys, I'm, I'm going to let you have these presents. But before we do that, I want you to understand the reason I'm giving you presents is to reflect the best present you've ever been given. And that's the son of God coming into the world. I like that. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Um, so... A lot of these practices, again, they, they could be secularized, but they don't have to be. Well, I, I guess we need to celebrate. We need to exchange gifts in like a barn. <laughs> we should sure. all be cold while we do sure. this. Sure, well, well but <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. I, I mean, that's a whole thing of, okay, was it a barn or was it the garage? And like, um, it's, it's a whole thing, man. Yeah. So speaking of presents, you know, we don't just bring them over, but we stick them under a tree. Uh-huh. Not a normal tree. No. Not a tree that we keep year round, but a, <laughs> we like we bring these trees. We either keep them in our attic or we buy one. <laughs> it's so strange. Yeah. It's really strange. That's like the weirdest thing about Christmas. I the, love the tree? Christmas trees, but they're weird if you <laughs> if you detach yourself from our culture. Yeah. That is strange. Yeah. And some people they they think that that's a pagan thing that's adapted as well. We don't really have uh, evidence for that, right? Mm. So, um, and let me just say this: in, in this age of like, well, you know, I heard this online on TikTok, or my uncle sent me an article on Facebook. Whenever you read something like that, check for sources. Like anybody mm. can write anything on the internet and then sort of blast it, or say anything on the internet and just blast it out there yeah. with no accountability or vetting. So just check check for sources on that stuff. Like, um, I'm about to talk about the history of Christmas trees, like where that came from. 
I'm getting this from a book uh, by a woman named Judith Flanders called Christmas, a biography, uh, where she's done the work to vet historical sources, and, and there's a, the accountability of a publisher on it. Um, Shoo. Yeah, we could talk all about that. I know, I know. <laughs> uh, but I also like to say, not, not to be mean, but just it's easy to have everyone ruin good things with unsourced material. <laughs> Right. So, and it's easy. It's not that hard for you to have an idea. If you dress it up nicely and make yeah, a nice blog post, right. all of a sudden 10 million people see it. And now they think that's true. Correct. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we talked about a little bit in our Easter episode, some of the things where people are like, this is a pagan thing. And we're like, actually it wasn't. Um, but the Christmas tree is another one. They'll be like, you know, it's dedicated or, or it's adapting a pagan principle of this or of that. Actually, as best we can tell, the Christmas tree comes from uh, Germany in the 1400s. Um, so well after the Roman Empire, well after all that stuff. And um, what we find is uh, back in the 1400s, there were these things that were called paradise plays, which were basically, they were they were performed to celebrate the feast day of Adam and Eve, which fell on Christmas Eve. And so, you know, the, the Adam and Eve story in Genesis, there's a tree of life, a tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and they would yeah. take the fruit from it. And they bite into it, and that, and that is what leads to the fall of mankind. It's what is the beginning of our need for a Savior as sin enters the world. We need God to save us from our sin, right? And so they would they would have these trees on Christmas Eve in these paradise plays. And, uh, and it was represented by, listen to this, an evergreen fir with apples tied to its branches. Hmm. And and uh, what, what uh, Judith Flanders, she actually finds in her book, is that uh, she can find documentation of people growing like that sort of spectacular marvelous tree and adding other things to it which is where we're going to get our practice of ornaments from so they put Aww. things on like they put stuff on there like wool thread straw apples nuts pretzels um and this is where the christian tree starts to come from it's a reenacting of genesis wow. of the fall which ultimately jesus redeems us from no way yeah which is why, why why do the presents go under there now for us like why why is that because god's present is given to the world like it's it's, it's full gospel <laughs> it's full bible like that's, that's right and so and so again okay like could you have a christmas tree and not know that yeah maybe you have maybe it's yeah. just this thing that we do but you see like for me that's another reason why i'm gonna i'm not gonna go all right well so and so said this when you get rid of it no because if you understand like the source of it, it could be amazing Right, yeah. I mean, like to to have that witness in your family to stop and and recognize that. I mean, that's an incredible thing to do. You also have me thinking. I mean, I'm assuming they were red apples, but sure. maybe that's why the default Christmas ornament is the red ball. Yeah, or the colors are red and green. Red could be. Yeah, that one I didn't do research on, Mark. <laughs> I'll write a blog but, post real quick. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's cool. Is there? I mean, is there anything else about Christmas that? Let's see. Why do Christians celebrate Christmas? Let's recap. Because it's the birth of Christ. Mm-hmm. It's pretty important. Yeah. And we talked about the tree. We talked about the gifts. Uh, are we missing anything about Christmas? Well, how about we save Santa for another year? <laughs> because that's a big one. But yeah, all that stuff said, like, why do Christians celebrate Christmas? Because Christians are all about Christ, and Christmas is a great time to thank uh, God the Father for him and and glory in his name in the incredible work that he's done for us. Mm. You know what? I'm also right now thinking about the the verse in the Bible that talks about uh, narrow is the path 
Oh, I'm doing it from memory. Do you know exactly why is the path to destruction? Why is the gate that leads to destruction narrow and enter, enter through the narrow door for narrow is the gate that leads to life, but those, or I'm sorry, narrow is the gate, but those who, who enter it find life? Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's the... Just thinking about how it's so easy for us to just take Christmas as what the world wants it to be. Yeah. It's just a time to to watch cheesy movies, to buy things for ourselves and for, you know, but you can also choose to enter Christmas. You can step into the season, the, the narrow gate, the, the narrow path, and you can focus on Jesus in this time. Absolutely. You, you don't have to get caught up in the hustle and bustle of the season. Uh, yeah. You get to live your own life and you can decide, nope, the way our family does it is we focus on Jesus. Yeah, yeah. Because he's the reason for the season, man. Actually, yeah. the distance of the uh, earth from the sun is the reason for the season. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Join us next time for Why Do Christians Celebrate New Year's? <laughs> Should we do an episode on that? I, I don't know. That's not really I wonder if there is a Christian thing. Uh, maybe. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. All right. Well, I'll, I'll read a couple blog posts and we'll figure that out. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Just get on TikTok. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. Hey, thanks for listening to this episode, for joining us, and uh, hopefully we answered your questions. And if you have more questions about Christmas, maybe for next year's Christmas episode, we'll uh, answer your question. Yeah. Or maybe it's a quick question. We could just email you back. Send all your questions and episode ideas to podcast at wearethebridge.org. Again, I'm Mark Dickey. Oh, and I'm Bert Miller. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Why Do Christians podcast.